Yo, this is Rob Harvilla from 60 Saws That Explain the 90s, the world's greatest loopy and perverse and inaccurately named music nostalgia podcast. We're doing 90 songs now because there's too many songs. Pearl Jam, Jay-Z, Jewel, U2, Cher, Hootie. These are just some of the names people yell at me on the internet because we're back. More great songs, more rad special guests, more loopy perversity. Join us once more on 60 Songs That Explain the 90s every Wednesday on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership, visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. Listeners, welcome. This is Sound Only. I'm Justin Chair. And I'm Mike Peters. We're your Sound Only co-hosts, here to record our deepest, darkest thoughts about the millennial lifestyle, video games, anime, music, hip-hop, R&B, Jacquees. This week, we return to our formative concern, anime. We don't do that many anime episodes, I admit. But this week we are talking this, about this. This it's an anime podcast again. Yeah. It is an anime for, for, podcast for, the, for this for this week for 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 this week's purposes. This is once again an anime podcast. Well, it's not just an anime podcast. This is like our true roots are nostalgic anime podcast, right? It's sort of like talking about the old shit, and we're talking about a new show. We're talking about Trigon Stampede, but I at least. Micah, you can you can get on. It'd be like we're but in in talking about the new show Trigun Stampede, we're going to have to talk about an old er show or an old show Trigun. You know, like this this is going to be a bit of a nostalgia trip as well. You know, and maybe we even talk about the old manga, also called Trigun. (laughs) Everything is connected. Everything is connected. It's all connected. It's all connected. Um, I'm actually going to say up top, Micah, first of all, listeners, email us soundonlypod at gmail.com. If only because I, last night, finally, after six months, finished reading Cryptonomicon. And I need anybody who listens to our <laughs> podcast who who reads Neil Stevenson mm, to email wow. me and have a conversation with me. Um, 
I this like is really just not where I thought that this is going to go. But <laughs> I know, and, yes, I, please I do share. I like, you know, yeah, go ahead. You know, it's like you caught the spirit, you know. I'm just going to say a few words, which is I liked Cryptonomicon. <laughs> I did not like it as much as Snow Crash. And I think maybe if I had read them in the opposite order, I'd say the same thing about Snow Crash. I think Neil Stevenson, just based on these two books I've read from him so far, he's kind of like he has too many the, he has tricks, basically. I feel like the ending of Cryptonomicon and the ending of Snow Crash are basically the same ending of a book. I feel like he does some like mytho- human mythology things that like function as similar devices in both books. And I kind of worry that if I read Diamond Age, if I read a third book by him, I'll be like, oh, I can see all of the gears of the clock turning. Like I know the clockwork of these his style too well. Mm-hmm. But... I would like any readers who are familiar with the work of Neil Stevenson uh, to email me and tell me if I'm onto something or just talk about the plot of Cryptonomicon with me because good book. Otherwise liked it a lot. Well, as you know, um, familiarity breeds well contempt in the case of (laughs) Neil Stevenson, but not necessarily in the case of our actual topic for this week's show, which is what I thought we were going to be talking about originally. I know, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's all good, you know, because it's, it's like that sometimes. I do it occasionally too, you know. <laughs> Shout out to our producer, Stevon Anderson, uh, <laughs> at, at the World Cup. But like, it's also, we were going to talk about, we were going to talk about Trigun Stampede, um, which uh, premiered this weekend. And the thing is, is that I, like, we talked about it a little bit when the trailer came out. I was down on the whole idea, you mm-hmm. know, because I just don't like Reiterate it. Reiterate why, yeah. It's, it's basically, I am very fond of, like, the way that <clears throat> the original prints of 90s animes were drawn, just because yeah. it's like, there is already sort of, like, an established visual grammar, and it's found its way elsewhere into other things that I love into movies and film and fashion itself. Uh, like there is sort of like a way that I think about the way that these characters exist in the, in the medium and just swapping them out for 3d characters or for human actors is sort of like, you know, a violation of that. This is like the one of the few things that I am fanboy precious about is like the type of animation. Like, and I, I mean, like, you know, I say that and like hope that I, there's, there's stuff shielding me from lightning bolts coming in overhead. But like, you know, like it's one of the things that I get like really up in arms about. Like the, the, the style of Trigun is like, it was just so cool, man. Like the opening, the, the the opening like credits of it, like the first sort of shots of Vash and like what looks like weird torn tarp that was hanging over a star cruiser, like, you know, tossed over in a way that like, how is it even staying on? Like, and there's the reflection of like the noonday sun and his sunglasses. And it's the only thing you see cast against a, shadowy face and it just like he looks so cool like the the leather jacket the red leather jacket is cool the way the gun looks is cool like i mean like at stark contrast with how goofy he is when he actually shows up and like the trailer came out and vash looks like you know 
any 18 year old with a wet mop haircut on TikTok. Like, you know, it's, it's there. It just didn't look, and like the animation style looks like the CW at 10 o'clock on a Saturday morning. You know, it's very, uh, the 36th installation of whatever the Power Rangers are doing at this current moment type red lines and, you know, warm fuzziness. And it seems as though in a way that doesn't feel intentional, like when you're first looking at the trailer, um, like cities feel as though they've sprung up out of the ground and there's nothing else for miles. Um, not as, you know, a byproduct of whatever nefarious forces led humanity into these sort of dust town shanties to begin with, like, which is like the, 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 the way that the original Trigun is set. Like, I think about the way that the landscapes are drawn in the original Trigun. It's like the, the barrenness and the peering down of the sun and like the, the, the buzzard settling on like, you know, broken axles sticking up out of like the ground and, you know, Felnarl feels like a place that is ultimately lost at the end of the first episode in Trigon. Like, and I didn't feel the same sort of like <laughs> dire cost of civilization was possible. Like looking at the, again, it was like, it was the trailer, you know? Yeah. But I wasn't, I wasn't in. But I mean, like, I had a decent time, like, watching the first episode. Well, before we get into the episode, because I, I think there's a lot to unpack in what you said. And I think to sort of back up, to back you up on what you're saying about the, the fanboy protectiveness, right? I think you're making a kind of general defense of 90s anime. But I also think with Trigon in particular, um, there is this kind of thing where we're Trigon, it's a Western, right? It's a space Western. It's a lot going on. And the way it's drawn is very, like the original Trigon, it, stuff is supposed to look like shit. You know what I mean? It's very jagged yeah. and smudgy in a people way. People that are also supposed piece. to look like shit. Yeah. Yeah. The people yeah. look like shit also. It's like of a piece with the actual story and scene setting of Trigon. And have you, have you read the manga? Trigon? I haven't. I actually so, haven't. It's it's uh, Yasuhiro Naitao manga, right? Probably his most sort of widely known manga, Trigon. And like, if you go back and read, I, I read the first few volumes of Trigon. And if you go back and just look at just the the drawing, right? Like if you look at the style of that that manga, it's rough. It's like, it's rough in a way that, again, people don't even people don't even draw manga like that anymore. It's this very choppy, jagged, rough. A lot of the action is is actually pretty hard to follow from panel to panel in the original Trigon. And it just looks gruff and like shit a little bit. Like, again, as a stylistic choice, right, on the part of the artist, but like, it looks like shit. So everything you're saying about, um, like, when you describe the art style of this, remake right it's notable because they got uh studio orange to do it studio orange does uh two things i know from orange are b stars which i've never watched b stars you watch b stars i have tried b stars it has definitely like 
the most delightful like opening of like the that I've seen of maybe like the last half decade. But I I mean again, it was one of those things where I bounced off of it because of the art style. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean like I haven't really given it its fair shake. Okay, and then the other thing which I have watched a bit of uh, that Orange did is Land of the Lustrous. Which is actually, mm-hmm. I, I of what I've seen of Land of the Lustrous, I thought that was cool. And I actually think that show looks very pretty, but it also looks like the exact opposite of what you would want Trigon to look like if you have read the manga or watched the original anime series. It's And again, their whole specialty is this kind of 3D CG. Like that is their, that yeah. is their calling card is Studio Orange. And so it's weird that they got Trigon. It's weird that they got the Trigon. Because it's like their house style is almost completely at odds with and again, you can do something with that, but I'm just saying, out the gate, your reaction to the trailer is a reaction to that. Yeah, it's like, you know, the trees look like green puffy balls on brown sticks. Like, that's the kind of thing that you think about when you think about, like, code orange. And that's not to say that they don't have, like, you know, that there aren't things in it that look great, but it also yeah. looks as if, you know it's a show aimed at children and show like, you know, like aimed at children yeah. specifically and mm-hmm. like, you know, where conflict resolution occurs as a means of finding common ground through song is what like the animation sound <laughs> style looks like. Yeah. <laughs> but like, it still manages to kind of, pull you into like the original like drama between like which is sort of like this Cain and Abel type thing between yeah. uh Vash and Millions Knives. Like because I really like the like even the editing of the final of the of the first episode where um they kind of I guess actually we should back up and set this up a little bit because it's different from the original Trigun and that like the people that lead you to where Vash is in the desert and like you know introduce him as the humanoid typhoon are still Meryl plus another person but instead of another uh, instead of a V from the insurance agency they're two reporters one of which is like you know this sort of uh this disillusioned like reporter that drinks all the time named Robert, like uh, what was it? Roberto. Yeah. Um, yeah. And like, it actually works a lot better, like for, for whatever it is that they have going on. Like, I like this, you know, travel like road show a lot better than the three of them where it's like mostly slapstick through the first three episodes. Um, in the original Trigon. Um, In this one, like they, he's just like a decent foil for like he shows up and is able to instantly introduce like serious, like self seriousness into the show. Yeah. Um, Like there's like several good line readings. Like also the voice acting is really good. Like there's several good, like there's one line reading where he's just kind of like only the privilege gets a toss around the the term coward. Yeah. Yeah. And then like at the, at the very end, he makes like this acknowledgement that like, you know, Vash has done something incredible, you know, out of the realm of 
what is possible for a normal human. So, but he's like still like tense and never relaxed. Like, so what is it that you're afraid of? And Vash says, I have a brother. And there's like the sharp cut to like knives playing like this organ somewhere in this alabaster tower yeah, distant that's some like, anime like, bullshit it's, is it's that organ that organ is the anime, anime bullshit it's <laughs> like millions knives playing an organ and temming the groove for some reason some castlevania like, bullshit get yeah, out of here like it's <laughs> Yeah, like, I, but I was fucking with it though. Like, I you know, it's, it too, I was, it's I was fucking with it. It's, it's like, absolutely this? ridiculous. And his like, hood, what? he's like wearing the weirdest hoodie that looks like he's wearing an aquatic animal. I don't know. It is weird. It's it's so bizarre, yeah. and I have no idea where it's going. But it was enough to make you want to watch the next episode. It's enough anim- It's enough well worked anime bullshit to make you want to watch the next episode, despite what I thought was going to be shortcomings at the outset. Yeah, to plant a flag a bit on Vash, right? Um, Vash, the $60 billion double-dollar man, the humanoid typhoon, wanted by everyone uh, in this vast wasteland desert expanse. You know, old Western style. He shows up, you know, he's sort of like a myth, but he's a real guy. And the sort of twist with Vash, our hero, is that he's like a pacifist, right? And this is true in the original, true in the remake, true in the manga. Like that's his whole shtick. Is like he has this fearsome reputation, but then you meet him and he's this goofy blonde dipshit that who, carries a massive gun that uses yeah. the smallest possible caliber bullets. Yeah. Like there's it's yeah, like I I like in both, you know, the original and this remake, he the first thing that you hear out of his mouth is this kind of like goofy laughter like this goofy yeah. villainous laughter yeah. that I like always really enjoyed yeah. <laughs> like because it's just kind of like why would you even like what is the why like it doesn't matter like but it's just sort of I will say that like I had harder laughs watching the original even now than I did watching this remake because I watched the the pilot episode of of Trigon, like after watching Trigon Stampede, but still, like when he kind of like has the initial peel of, <laughs> and then they're just kind of like, okay, this is creepy. We're gonna leave, and he's just like, jump to Vate. Like it's just like, come on, wait. I can't, I can't get myself down from here. Um, <sighs> It's it's it is like still he's still a fun character to hang out with. Yeah, and that's sort of the I think in the original series, right? The uh, like Vash, I, I feel like a big part of the magic of the original show is that the first few episodes of the original show, kind of like you were saying about laughter, right? You know, you kind of don't know what's going on for the first few episodes, right? You're kind of like, the show yeah. is just wrong footing you. It's just like, ah, he's everybody's chasing him, but he doesn't want to shoot anybody. He's a lover, not a fighter. And it's just Meryl and Millie being like, what the fuck is this guy's deal, right? And then the, the whole arc of the show going from sort of like him being this goof, goofball pacifist who you don't, you're kind of meeting him in Medias Res. You don't really know what his deal is. Then you learn more about his brother and all that. 
And then he's sort of confronted with like the inescapable violence, the situations that he is forced to like play straight rather than be a sort of cornball. Right. And in the, I feel like in the manga, they, they drip feed you more of the stuff about how humanity got to its present state and sort of set up stuff about knives a bit earlier. They drip feed it to you while they're still doing a lot of comic relief stuff with Vash. Whereas like this Dragon Stampede just starts. Like the first frames of the show are like the spaceship, right? In space, the emergency evacuation. You meet Rem. Like Rem, I don't think in the anime you meet Rem Savarem until like episode 10 or some shit like that. I feel like it's like you, it's, it's a, like Rim is a voice and then is like a face. Yeah, like, you're right. Like they, they kind of tease that out in like a similar fashion. And then like the ultimate like confrontation between like Vash and Vibes is like so, is so much better for that, you know? Yeah. Like because. Man, like it's still like I'm thinking about it now is still crazy. Like when he kind of like walks into the garden and like Knives is sitting there at the table drinking like out of God, that's, sipping yeah. out of the wine glass, and he just yeah. goes, "One of the best you, anime finales ever." It's God so damn. fucking good. It's he so just good. goes, <laughs> he just goes, "Hello, brother. Did you enjoy your time with the humans?" And then they just get it popping right there. <laughs> like it's like there's, it's just so good the way that yeah. that's laid out. I like which is. You know, that is the thing that gives you pause maybe about like this first episode because it's maybe a little bit like that Cowboy Bebop Netflix show where there's going to be too much knives, you know? Like, yeah, there was yeah, too much vicious, which, like, you know, if you give him too much of the ball, like you and like you expose like all of his weaknesses. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Even as, uh, and I'm the one of us who liked the Cowboy Bebop live action adaptation. And yeah, yeah, I think the, yeah. the thing they they definitely unambiguously fucked up is vicious, and they overplayed him, and they made him look kind of ridiculous after a point. And with knives, I don't know, I don't worry about the making knives. Well, I don't know. He was at that organ. He looked kind of ridiculous at that organ, right? But like, I think so much of what I loved, I remember loving about the original show is again, it's that at first you don't really get what Vash's deal is. And then once you start to learn more about him, like one thing that the original series imposes really well is the sense that even once you're, when you, when you understand that Vash and his brother Knives are in conflict, they feel like they spend, like it's like Vash is fighting the gung-ho guns, right? Which are basically like the bosses of every episode of the middle stretch of the show. And during that period, it feels like Vash and Knives are an entire world apart. And that in or like that the final confrontation between them has to be earned. Right. And I think that an artifact of Stampede beginning the way it does, where it just immediately is like they were on this ship together and there was this woman named Rem and they escaped the ship. And then you find out Knives is evil. Like them front loading all of that kind of I think puts Vash yeah. and Knives together a little too quickly in yeah, my imagination. I know exactly what you're talking about because it's sort of like for in addition to Rim taking them taking like ten or so episodes to introduce Rim or taking however long they do to introduce Rim. Um it's sort of like 
despite him, despite Vash, you know, accomplishing all of these things and doing all this amazing stuff and, you know, having this unbelievable commitment to his philosophy, it's still sort of a question of like, yeah, but why do you get to wear like head to toe red leather? Like <laughs> for a while, like yeah, it's just yeah. like there's it's it's really like, you know. The show, like the original show, makes him earn his stripes to a point, to a like to an almost like excruciating degree. Where especially if you listen to it with the English dub, you get mm-hmm. so tired of Vash's voice, like by episode nineteen. Yeah, like yeah. <laughs> it's really just kind of like, no, I can't, not one more life, I can't take it. Nah. like it's just like very <laughs> stupid. But it's yeah. like he has to learn painfully. At great cost of civilization and friendship and fellowship and all other things, like what the value of a human life is. And he has to do that before he gets to meet his brother. And it's like one of those things that makes like, you know, and I mean, like there's absolutely probably there's 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 a bit of like, you know, putting this on a pedestal because it was the first thing to happen, et cetera. Like if they manage to tell a story like this, that like they can do it in 12 episodes rather than 26, you know, then I'm here for it. But at the same time, it's like this there's not a lot to recommend like. There's just not a lot to recommend how this seems to be going so far. (laughs) This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. It's hard not to add a side of hot, crispy hash browns to your favorite McDonald's breakfast. It's even harder not to eat said hash browns before you get home. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Yeah, although I like, I mean, the thing is, like, especially with the weird shootout in the sky scene at the end, which I actually liked, even though it was kind of, it felt really convoluted in a way where it's like, what is it? He challenges them to a duel. I he challenges the bad guys. I was kind of like annoyed, but like it was one of the. Yeah, it the logic of work. it is dumb. Is the, the <laughs> logic of it is very like? Did you watch Lupin the Third the first? That like it was like it came out in 2019 and it's this animation style. I don't know if it's. I don't want to say that. Wait, you mean the movie? Do you mean the, the, yeah, the, the Lupin the, the, movie the, that came out? Yeah, the Lupin movie yeah, that I came out recently. It. It's like I a similar to. like am, am animation style. Like the logic of like all of the hijinks. Like in, there's like there's this sequence at the end involving him like getting through like this booby trapped tube, and at the end of it is like the treasure, the MacGuffin treasure left by. 
his great grandfather Arsene Lupin the Third, etc. And like, there's mm. a hat there, and like, and there's just like this, you know. And then the jazz music starts playing, and like, you know, <laughs> oh, I can, you know, it's one of those things, and it feels like it would have played better with it. It's another one of those things that feels like it would have played better with a different animation style because with a certain, just because of the way that the body models are and how they move around and how you can't really do the wavy limb thing like with this kind of CGI animation. Yeah, for sure. You can't really stretch the logic as far like as this. Because it's like video game character model type shit now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's just kind of like, you know, there's like the 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 series we're talking about is like there is he the the person that he challenges to a duel shoots this giant um anti tank gun yeah yeah anti tank missile cluster thing into the air that then is you know coming back down onto the town that is gathered to watch this duel because he doesn't care about the duel he just wanted what I have no idea like there's literally a, he could he would die too in this situation but like it's all a means to to showcase Vash's proficiency with his with his sidearm so. Like, you know, he's just kind of like, you're crazy. I'm going to save all these people here. I don't care about this duel. You know, stands astride the cliffside and points his gun up into the air and realizes he has his no he has no bullets. And then there's this like this big yakety sack sequence where he's just kind of like, I need a <laughs> bullet. Someone, please. Andy, does anyone have a 22 caliber bullet? And there's time for like Meryl and Roberto to hide and have a conversation about what a coward is and for <laughs> there to be and and for civil services to shut down yeah. <laughs> and like and for there to be this intervention of the shopkeeper coming over to Meryl being like, listen, you need to help him. Give him this bullet. And for her to leave her hiding place and to come across the city square and to throw a perfect spiral 60 yards on a frozen rope <laughs> to, to, to Vash to get to catch the bullet, to put it in his gun, and then to, you know, and I'm Shoot just going to slow me. down here because it's just even, I can't even explain it without sounding crazy. Shoot all of the missiles out of the air using one bullet and a rock. Um, you know, and it's like, I wouldn't have bat an eyelash at that in the original show because like, you know, he comes riding in on like whatever the, the equivalent of the horse is, you know, with no gun and throws a bullet and shoots like, and throws a bullet and which shoots through the rope that is holding Meryl and Millie hostage, you know, to begin a rescue. And it's just kind of like, yeah, that makes sense. Sure. Like it's because all of these hijinks had happened up to that point, you know, this is the first time that it's just like, they, they're building up this whole thing and talking up bash throughout the episode. And this is the first time that he gets the chance to even showcase anything. Yeah. Um, and it's I, you know, like again, like it's uh, it's kind of in the uncanny valley st- still for me, 
Well, your point about you wouldn't have batted an eyelash that sequence in the original show is just because, like you're saying, the original show, uh, again, it's like sloppier, it's rougher, everything's sort of wackier, even just the animation style. Again, it allows more sort of impossible limbs, right? And so all of that sequence of events you describe when you're dealing with a really rough fly-by-night style of character animation, action, you know, animation. Sure, the, the, the suspension of disbelief is a bit easier, whereas, like, I do think this animation style in Stampede feels super... I don't know, it feels like physics are more real. It feels like you're you're in a more sensible place than the original Trigon show is. And that's yeah. what makes that sequence feel a little uncanny valley like you're saying i actually think the best stuff in the episode though like that action sequence is really struggling to sort of reconcile the more sensible pretty style of stampede with the kind of yakety sax thing you're describing but i really liked just the stuff in the bar earlier right where it's like vash rides into town or it's like yeah, it's like Meryl gets Meryl and Roberto get to the bar and they're talking to the owner and Vash shows up and they're not afraid of him. And it's sort of, a, I think the manga does this in the beginning too, where it's like, it's establishing that like, oh, okay, you, on the one hand, you're being led to think that, that Vash is a huge threat. He's this dangerous man. But then you see these like nice, humble townspeople who Oh yeah, that take exception to him being led into the town on rope. Yeah. Like it's like there's it's very like it does do a good job of like of like the thing that I was getting at before when I was talking about when I first saw the trailer. Like it's it's definitely making the world feel more lived in. Yeah. Um and it is like a like a cute sequence when like she's just kind of like, are these friends of yours really? You know, like what's with the rope? And then he's just kind of like, what rope? And then he just kind of pops up with, you know, no rope tied around him after being willingly led into town like that, you know, like the whole time. Also like an illustration of the kind of character that Bash is. Yeah. Yeah, that stuff is, I think that stuff is nice. And I hope that, I don't know. I think I hope that the next episodes of the series have more of that, more of the stuff that makes the world feel a bit more. Because, again, I think that with Vash as a character, I don't know, his whole pacifist shtick, his whole compassion shtick, like that the world of Trigon is so harsh. And I think even in the original show, some of the best moments are when you're kind of sitting with the fact of like, Oh, the gung-ho guns, right? They're these big, flamboyant villains with comically large weapons. And the thing that they're sort of laying waste to are these small towns of people who, like, frankly know they're living in a goofy Western. Like, they have saloons and shit like that. And they're just trying to get by, right? And you feel, I don't know, they're all kind of... They're they're depicted in this really humble, modest fashion, and you meet kids and you meet pregnant ladies. And it's just like, yeah, you you kind of want it's it's that contrast between these humble, fragile people and this really harsh landscape populated with all this violence. And it's like Vash Vash is supposed to feel like the guy holding it all together and keeping it all from falling apart. And yeah, I don't know. I I I I definitely was like. 
it was definitely jarring watching, like, especially the first five minutes of Stampede. Because, again, the stuff that they introduce in the first five minutes, I was just like, oh, wow, this is stuff that I thought 10 episodes from now we'd be engaging with. But, you know, I mean, it's sort of... I feel like Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood did the same thing, right? And I don't, granted, I don't like Brotherhood, but it's like, yeah, my gripe whenever I talk about that show is like, it took stuff like the Nina Tucker arc from the original Full Metal Alchemist, which was like a four episode ordeal and condensed it into 10 minutes and then just like moved on. And I, is, I want to go into this show, I guess, with a more open heart than I went into Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. So I'm going to try to do that is sort of what I'll say for now. Yeah. And I mean, like, to be fair, I really like Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. (laughs) So, you know, we are reserving public judgment on on Trigun Stampede. Um, And, but as for like the, I mean, if people, okay, People and in the series on Crunchyroll again, I'll say that if I, I would recommend people check out Stampede, check out the first episode, maybe the first couple of episodes. Definitely, if you haven't, there are plenty of people who are listening to this who have not watched the original Trigon. Because here's the thing it's like we talked about nostalgia, but but I feel like Trigon, Trigon is a, a show that's in a weird, the original Trigon anime is in a weird place where. There's definitely enough nostalgia to get a remake of it, you know, from Crunchyroll with like a decent budget. But it's still one of those shows that wasn't quite it wasn't up to like Bebop level, you know, in the, the yeah. 90s and 2000s. Right. Or the I mean, 2000s, like it's like right? sort like it's above the it's a kind of a, it's, a, it's a tier above like Outlaw Star. Yeah, like, right. It's exactly not, one tier above Outlaw Star. Yeah, but like yeah. exactly one tier above Outlaw Star. <laughs> Right, and I mean, like, and I th- and I'm probably just thinking about tears as like slots on like you know late night to tsunami, but like yeah. really, that it matters. Like, if it was a, if yeah. this was at ten and like Outlaw Star was at eleven, that's exactly one tier above. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I mean seriously. <laughs> and look, they're not remaking Outlaw Star. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> like, I mean, call me when Crunchyroll has like the the Witch Hunter Robin remake all that shit i want a big o remake (laughs) big o bro let's go uh get jason on the phone no but like i yeah i i always really loved trigon but yeah you're right it's one of those shows that it doesn't have uh i don't know i I never knew it was behind that i never knew it was behind trigon feeling like it was only like three quarters of a hit rather than a proper sort of turn of the century anime hit and I really love the original Trigon it's definitely one of those shows that if you're below a certain age and you haven't watched it before you might be one of those people who are like oh this animation style looks too old this show looks too old in which case fuck you no I'm joking I sometimes (laughs) sometimes you know sometimes you can't help how we react to like different eras of animation if they look old to us but Trigon definitely looks a little worse for the wear but i definitely recommend watching the original show if you haven't and then the manga i don't know i mean the manga like even to me i'll read some like 80s manga and trigon is not 80s manga and even trigon looks like it could be 70s manga like it's just very rough like that night owl style is very it's bombastic in a way um so i the manga people can write into us 
uh, if they're super into the manga. Um, but yeah, definitely watch the original show. You got anything else, Michael? Mm, no, man. Um, like, yeah, watch watch the original show. Badlands Rumble is also on Hulu. Badlands Rumble. What do you think about Badlands? It's been a, it's actually been a while since I watched Badlands it's Rumble. It's fine. Like you know, like if it's like if you got an hour, mm-hmm. and you want like sort of a condensed version of like Vash's ethos. Or like you know his system of living. Sure, watch Badlands Rumble. It's a good time, I guess. But the show is definitely like you know like it's the show is the prize, but like Badlands Rumble is also there. Yeah, yeah. It's sort of a it's sort of like a in a it's like an elongated version of like the first like two or three episodes of like the show, maybe. Oh, because I forgot. Badlands Rumble is one of those movies in the Cowboy Bebop movies, the same where they're like, they insert it in between episodes of the show. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, you know, and and it's like a similar thing that has happened already, but we glossed it up. And like, this is a, the the story, there's a bigger backstory this time. Yeah. 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 Um, Oh, man. Okay. Badlands Rumble, Trigon, Trigon Stampede, Trigon Manga. Uh, great month for Yasuhiro Naitao. Um, listeners expect us to, you know, I, I guess the next episode of this podcast that you'll hear, Micah and I will probably be talking to you once again about a thing I know you all hate to hear me talk about, but we're doing it anyway, which is The Last of Us. This <laughs> time in live action, prestige television form. Neil Druckmann had a dream. Um, much like Martin Luther King and Kendrick Lamar, Neil Druckmann had a dream. And his dream will come to fruition. Finally, at last. Oh, man. Uh, I'm actually, like I said, I'm excited. I'm excited for The Last of Us based strictly on the bullishness of Allison Herman, who is seen screener. So if she misled me, she can get some angry text messages. But we're going to talk about it. We'll talk about it indeed, you know. It uh, will be discussed. In the meantime, listeners, email us about anything, anything you wish. The Last of Us, Trigon, 90s anime, 2000s anime. Soundonlypod at gmail.com. That's it. I'm Justin Charity. And I'm Mike Peter. Shouts out to our producer, Stefan Anderson. We will see you all next week.